your spouse cheated on you, you've decided that you want to forgive your spouse and now find that that's a lot more difficult to do than you thought it was going to be. Is there a way to do it? Yes. We'll explain that to you on this episode of Relationship Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. This is Kimberly Holmes, our CEO. Kimberly, you study psychology. Hopefully soon we'll have your PhD in psychology. Forgiveness is a major part of life, is it not? Absolutely, it is. Actually, we can see the effects of forgiveness more when people don't forgive Mm -hmm. because there are lasting effects on physiology, on psychology. It, It just wears people down to live in resentment and bitterness and anger. Give me a quick example of physiologically, what does that do? It can break down your immune system. So really? holding on to anger, to pain, to past hurt, uh, it it leads you to continue living in that type of that type of situation in your head because you're constantly going back to it. And so it can break down your immune system and your health, um, as well as psychologically can even keep you stuck in the past can even lead to just staying stuck in unforgiving types of behaviors in that situation can, is actually one of the reasons people, some people do trauma therapy. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, separate and apart from it being a traumatic event, because not everything we have trouble forgiving has been a traumatic event. Um, but if we are stuck in unforgiveness and continue living that situation or that scenario in our head over and over, then it keeps our brain stuck there. And it's one of the reasons that people can do things like EMDR and things just to get unstuck from the story they keep telling them they're uh, keep telling themselves about the situation. Because as long as they're stuck in that story, Mm-hmm. It neg- negatively affects them. Absolutely. We teach that in a much longer version, of course, in our workshops, that forgiveness is not so much for the other person as it is for you. They still may have consequences they face, but forgiving is for you. So let's talk about this very simple process of forgiving. Forgiving is not a change of emotion. Forgiving is a decision. And in the social sciences, is actually called that decision-based forgiveness. Because if you wait for your emotions to get there, that may take a long time. But if you make a decision and begin to adhere to that decision, the emotions will eventually follow. Mm-hmm. And so the first thing is that we have to decide to see the person that hurt us as a flawed human rather than as being evil. Because as long as we picture them in our minds or just in our minds or think about them as being evil, we can justify anything we do to them. But if we stop and reconsider that thinking, okay, this is not a bad person. He or she may have done a bad thing, but they're not evil. They are flawed. Well, if they're flawed, they're in the same level with me Mm. because I'm flawed as well. And that decision can actually start changing things because as long as I decide to view the other person as evil, I can justify anything I do to them. Mm. But then a second part of that is to make a decision not to take vengeance. What does that mean? To not take vengeance, to not try and get them back, to make them feel the same level of pain that I felt when they hurt me. Okay. What's the difference between that and justice? Well, that's a great question. If I had to, I don't know that I have a perfect answer, but if I had to guess, vengeance is something that I'm the judge of and I get to choose when they have felt the amount of pain I want them to Mm -hmm. versus justice is a... um, probably something a third party gets to decide and not me. I think that's applicable to it. I I think there's more to it than that, but I think that's definitely applicable. 
But as you just said, if I decide to take vengeance, that means I'm going to try to do whatever I can to hurt you as badly as I feel hurt, which means it's never going to satisfy because I can never be sure that you hurt to the same degree I did. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is that vengeance, when people start on a path of vengeance, they change. Mm-hmm. Their beliefs and value systems, unless it was also already a very bad belief and value system, mm-hmm. one that says all people are terrible, punish them as much as you can. If they had that kind of belief and value system, they probably won't change it much. But if they had a, a different kind of value system, that people are generally good, we should treat people with respect, and etc. Once you start on the path of vengeance, even if aimed at only one particular person, mm-hmm. it starts changing who you are. And you become a person that you don't even recognize anymore. The people I have seen that pursue vengeance with time become bitter. Yeah. And and kind of like become a shell of the person they used to be. Yeah. And vengeance isn't always specifically going and, you know, slashing tires. It could also be just gossiping about that person, talking bad about them. There was um, there was a, some some extended family members who several years ago, uh, one of them was really stuck in, in vengeance. There had been a situation probably 10, 15 years before, but every time I saw this extended family member, all they wanted to do was talk badly about that situation and about that person who I didn't even know. And it really did begin to change that person. I mean, every time I was with them, they were bringing it up. And I wasn't involved in any way, but it was just their outlet. And so not only did they begin to change, but it began to change the way other people even wanted to be around Mm -hmm. them because it's all, it's like a single focus that the person has. Mm -hmm. And so if you're saying, how can I forgive my spouse who's cheated on me? Okay. Make a decision. My spouse is not evil. Not just that. Make a decision that the person with whom your spouse was involved is not evil. Mm-hmm. That might be a tougher decision, but we're not talking about emotions at this point. We're saying these are decisions you make. I'm going to see them as being flawed humans, which means they're like everybody else. They're not evil. Even if they did something you consider to be evil. And then when you go past that, decide you're not going to try to take vengeance, not just on your spouse, but not try to take vengeance on that person with whom your spouse had the affair. Because if you go after vengeance have vengeance that you go after anybody with, whoever he or she or it may be, it's going to change you in very bad ways. And so you need to make those first two decisions. And then if you're going to forgive your spouse, you're going to have to be able to talk about what happened, right? Mm -hmm. Be able to put a stake in the ground to move on. And part of the way of doing that is by making sure that your, your spouse not not doing it in such a way where you're trying to make them feel bad, but doing so in such a way where you can communicate well the level of hurt that you felt so that you can have a a true understanding that your spouse can understand to the most extent that they can. They'll never truly be able to fully understand it. Right. Because otherwise, when your spouse asks for forgiveness, it can be difficult to grant that if you don't believe that they really understand what they're asking for forgiveness of. Right. You and I recently did one of our workshops together. And if you remember one of our clients, this lady kept saying, but if I forgive him, I, I don't have time to talk about what I need to talk about. I, he needs to know mm-hmm. how much it affected me and how much it hurt me. Mm-hmm. And we agree with that. He mm-hmm. does need to know that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, there becomes a good balance there. You can't talk about it so much that the other person finally gives up. 
mm-hmm. thinking there's no way we're ever going to get past this. You're going to talk about it the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. So you can't let it go on forever. But mm-hmm. at the same time, if the person who hurt you does not try to understand that pain, it's going to be very difficult for that person to forgive you. And so you're going to have to talk about it. And at some point, you're going to have to be honest without trying to appear to blame your actions on somebody else. In other words, well, yeah, I did that, but you know, that happened and that's why I did that. Or you did this and why I did that. Or that person over there did that and that's why I did that. Because that appears to be avoiding responsibility. Mm-hmm. The other person's going to hear it that way. And you may be thinking, mm-hmm. well, Dr. Bean, but what if those were factors? Don't I get a chance to talk about them somewhere along the line? Yes, but not right now. Mm-hmm. Because right now, anything you do or say that appears to be avoiding responsibility is going to make it that much more difficult for your spouse to forgive me. And so in addition to making that decision, law humans, making the decision, no vengeance, say, okay, I need my chance to explain my pain. And as Kimberly said, don't do it in an attacking way because when people get attacked, they'll defend themselves no matter what. Do it in a way where you explain what you feel and how it affected you. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately, forgiveness is much easier than if the other person can actually say, uh, I can, I have a, some insight now into your pain. They, as Kimberly said, they may not exactly understand it, but I, I feel your pain. I hear your pain. I'm sorry and forgive me. You might be saying, well, wait a minute, Dr. Beam. What if they never say they're sorry? What if they never ask to forgive? We would recommend that you forgive them anyway, not for their sake, but for you, so that you don't carry that ball in uh that ball and chain around with you because it'll eventually turn into hate and bitterness and rage. And so sometimes you forgive them, even if no reconciliation is going to take place because they won't apologize. They won't tell you how sorry they are. At least forgive them to free you. And if anybody around you wants to keep reminding you of what they did to you, tell the people to keep reminding, Hey, I've laid that down. I don't have that anymore. So please stop bringing it up. Mm-hmm. How would you summarize all this? Forgiveness is important. And when you look at our seven steps to rescue a marriage, it's step number four. So after calming down, getting clarity on the issue, starting to pull your spouse towards you, forgiveness needs to happen. And it needs to happen really before reconciliation can truly happen. That's correct. So if you're wanting to reconcile and rescue your marriage and have it be stronger than ever before, You can't skip over forgiveness and you need to spend time here for forgiveness to occur so that you can continue down those seven steps. That's what our membership is set up to help do to help with the forgiveness part, but then also through our workshop and the strength and membership that we have afterwards is to help you truly forgive and truly reconcile, build trust, ignite intimacy and passion and create your dream life together. And that's what we want for all of our listeners. Yeah. And forgiveness to some degree can actually be in stages like step four of that path that we give you, not the love path. This is a different path about forgiveness. You can actually do that one. Even if the other person doesn't say, I'm sorry, or has not yet heard your pain, it's a decision you make to forgive them to free you. Then in the fifth one, reconciliation, we actually give you a plan to work through where you can talk about it to each other and understand, which means that you'll actually go deeper into forgiveness at that point. So forgiveness, how crucial is it to do? Incredibly crucial. For whom? For you. That's right. If you ever hope to put your marriage back together, it has to happen. But whether you do or not, it sets you free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, 
We've talked some about emotion in previous episodes. Let's get back to that a little bit. What is going on if you feel like, well, we're just roommates? Hmm. Some married couples get there. Is there something you can do to change that? Actually, there is. We'll talk about it on the next episode of Relationship Radio.